2 goes away in just a few days from now. And when it does, you've got tens of thousands of people ready to barge right over the border. And there's not a whole lot we can do about it. To that end, I wanted to bring uh, Victor Avila back. He is a former federal agent. He's also a guy running for U.S. Uh, um, uh, House of Representatives. We'll talk about that in a minute. Victor, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me back. You're back and forth. You're welcome. You're back and forth to the border all the time. You send me pictures. You're there with Brugman. He sends me videos. And there's, it's, it's worse than we even think. I mean, it's so bad that MSNBC literally went to El Paso and, record, and reported the truth today about how bad it is in the streets. The, the city leadership there and, and along Del Rio and Brownsville and McAllen, everywhere, they are just completely demolished by these people coming across the border illegally. And Mayorkas hasn't done anything. The Border Patrol can't do anything. They won't let them. Biden hasn't done anything. And Title 42 is going away in a few days. What's going to happen that day, Victor? Is it really thirty or 40,000 waiting, waiting to come across? Yeah, I've, I've been here in El Paso, Texas all week. been talking to a lot of border agents that are giving me a lot of information, Joe. And let me tell you, they're, they're trying to get ready for this. But the, first of all, the number they tell me is a minimum of 35,000 on the other side of El Paso in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, waiting to come in. This is a, 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 not the ones counting, the ones that are already in downtown El Paso in the streets lining the streets around the church, uh, seeking refuge and sanctuary from the church. But um, it, it's lawlessness what it is down there. I didn't recognize this town that I was born and raised in and work a lot of my law enforcement career in. It is lawlessness, and you're absolutely right. It's the local uh, elected officials as well that are welcoming this. You know, El Paso set the, uh, uh, the declaration of a state of emergency, but not for the reason that you and I would think. It's because they want the money because they will allow these people in, they're already going to use two empty elementary schools in El Paso to house them. So we're going to give them more room. We're going to house them. And instead of repelling them and sending them back. Now, I'll, I'll give you a really quick briefing of how this is going to happen. It's going to be a lot. It's multifaceted. And it's a little bit complicated, even for me that understands this. But now the Border Patrol, after uh, Title 42 is lifted, they're going to be processing people. But the processing here is going to change. These people will be issued an A number, which is an, uh, an administrative number, which is, hasn't, has not been happening before. That means that they'll be tracking. But again, not tracking for what you and, th- you and I think they would, should be tracked for, but possibly to get benefits, work permits, and such. Come on, man. So they're going to they're be issued NTAs, a notice to appear. Another group might be issued a net, uh, NTAOR, notice to appeal, uh, appear uh, and release on your own recognizance. Some people will be sent back. Some people will, uh, it, it's a mess. And it depends on where you come from, what country you're from. And also, the key here is Mexico. Mexico, for some reason, is dictating who they can and cannot take back. Now, uh, they'll take the Mexican and Central Americans. But when we're talking about Venezuelans, which, by the way, it's full of Venezuelans, Africans, uh, uh, Asians, uh, South Americans down here in El Paso already. Mexico won't take them back. So you just can't report them back to Mexico, even though they've in, been in Mexico for who knows how long, well, I, they I, won't I, take them back. I want to stop you for a minute because at last we spoke, and it's Victor Avila. Uh, what, what is the Congress uh, website? Is it Victor Avila for Congress.com? That's it. And is it FOR or the number four? FOR, Victor, FOR, Congress.com. Perfect. And is it your last name too or just Victor? It's Victor Avila for Congress.com. Perfect. I want to make sure people watching and listening get it. Victor Avila for Congress.com. Go there. He's running. He's challenging uh, Tony Gonzalez for District 23 uh, in the great state of Texas. At last we spoke, you said you believe the federal government has the right to stop people before they ever set foot in this country at gunpoint. 
and turn them around. And if they get here, you can take them back to the bridge and send them back south. You still believe that? Absolutely. And that, that actually would be with the help of the state under a real declaration of invasion. But that's not happening. Uh, the 1,500 troops, by the way, that they're sending down, right. uh, you would think, well, they're going to they're gonna secure the border. No, they're going to be used in some administrative role to put up barbed wire and, and to uh, alleviate some of the border patrol, but not to alleviate the border patrol to patrol the border, but alleviate border patrol to process. Because the facilities that they have here, quick numbers here, uh, they could take about 6,000 in the two facilities. And that's already over capacity. The capacity would be really about 2,200. Now, in the whole entire country right now, there's about close to 25,000 illegal aliens in custody. That's over capacity of 18,000. We're already beyond. We're already in, invaded. Uh, the numbers are out of control. So only imagine uh, these people coming next week. Now, here's what they're going to do. They're going to group them, and they're going to put them in separate categories. They're going to, uh, the, the single adult males, the family units, the, the unaccompanied minors, the, the parents with one child, all these things, they're going to try to separate them. But one of the big problems here, Joe, is that it's not just Border Patrol. It's a lot of people concentrate on them. It's also ICE, ERO, Enforcement Removal Operation, HHS, uh, ORR, Office of Removal uh, uh, Refugees and uh, Resettlement. They do not have the funding. They do not have the space. But you know why they don't have the funding and they, and, and they don't have uh, resources? Because they're under ICE. And the left hates ICE. You, as soon as you say the word ICE, it's defund ICE, abolish ICE. But the Border Patrol can't do it. Even if the Border Patrol did everything right, they would still need these other entities to be on board. And, it's, and then the, the federal government is not putting it together. Victor, what has the left ever said they want to replace ICE with? You can't defund ICE, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement. You can't defund them and have a secure border. We don't have a secure border as it is because ICE isn't allowed to do their job. But what exactly would they have happen? Just no border? Well, and, and that's exactly what they did. Instead, you know, they were abolish, abolish, and get rid of. Well, they kind of realized they can't get rid of the agency and undo it. Well, they just took away most of their funding and took away their authority. And that's the key, not just ICE, but Border Patrol. They stripped them of their scope of their duties, and therefore they're doing nothing. I mean, the interior enforcement of ICE, who does the, the detention facilities, the repatriations, the flights back, and all that, is almost non-existent. Yes, it still happens, but very, very minimal to the capacity that it should be. And that's the, 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 the part that people don't understand. And uh, the Border Patrol here, I talked to a lot of the guys that are in there, in the facilities, and um, they're just beyond, beyond, uh, 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 what's the word, not even overwhelmed anymore, Joe. They're, they're just, they want something to happen to where they can exercise the law. Now, they are going to start using Title VIII, and you've heard this before. Oh, we're going to start implementing Title VIII. Listen, Title VIII, I used to do Title VIII. Those are the prosecutions that we did. It's the law. And uh, they are going to, they tell me that here, at least in El Paso, not in New Mexico, but at least in El Paso, they are going to put some people through Title VIII, meaning 1325 illegal entry, 1326 reentry, and, and such. And that means you need the Department of Justice on board to prosecute these cases. You need defense counsels. You need the court system. You see, it's, it's, it's a combination of all these things that need to be on board, and the Biden administration will not allow all those things to come together. And by the way, Mallorca's is coming into town. Let's see if they clean up the city like they did last time. Well, they probably will because they, they want the photo op. It's Victor Avila. You go to VictorAvila4Congress.com or VictorAvilaSpeaks.com, a former ICE HSI agent with, uh, uh, with the federal government. 
Uh, that's kind of the game. If they do use Title Eight, they'll arrest and they'll pretend like they're going to prosecute. The DOJ decides not to prosecute. Those cases just sit there. But the Biden administration could say, yeah, but we got them off the streets. And look, we arrested them. We used Title Eight. Look how, how much safer it is. That's the game they've been playing a, at prosecutors' offices in big cities across this country. They arrest people, never prosecute them, and then quietly let them go. Um, you and I talked before we started today about the case that was made yesterday, I think by Karine Jean-Pierre from the White House, that they're going to start the process of this parole thing that they're doing in Central America. They're going to start doing it in Mexico. In other words, Victor, and I think you and I talked about this last time, when illegal aliens get to our border, they will already have been processed, so Biden doesn't have to call them illegal, does he? It's been going on for a long time, actually over a year, Joe, and let me tell you, it is illegal for Border Patrol to issue a parole. It's against the law. I had the authority as a special agent under Homeland Security Investigations. I had that explicit authority to issue a parole. The only other people that gets to issue parole is CBP OFO, the, the, the customs guy at right. the port of entry or airport. You would need to go through a legal port of entry to get a parole. So the Biden administration kind of got called out on that and they stopped doing it and said, OK, Border Patrol, you're not going to do it. Well, you know what? Now, like you said, why don't we just have the facilities not even in the country? Let's do it in Central America and Mexico and be processed and issued a parole by NGOs? You got to be kidding me. This is a violation of our laws, of our sovereignty, of our constitution, of everything combined by allowing these contractors, NGOs that are making millions and sometimes billions with a B to process these people. And you're right. They're going to come in to the Puerto Renchi with a yellow envelope already processed with the employment authorization to a, a town near you. And, and let me tell you, Joe, I, 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 you know, I'm big on public safety and yeah. national security. That's the part that is being ignored here. The cartels are having a field day. They're making, they're still making the money. The illegals still have to pay them. The, the fentanyl still comes across. The meth still comes, comes across. And you know what else was still happening? The smuggling. Not everybody's coming in. Now, I went to the west side of El Paso on the other side. That's cartel end. And I don't know if I send you the video, there's tunnels. I mean, these guys are avoiding detection at all costs. Not everybody's turning themselves in because they're cartel members, gang members, possibly uh, prior deports with convictions. And you have people in the back of tractor trailers and, and, and trunks of vehicles and pickup trucks. It is a wild, wild west over here, all the way down to Brownsville. And it can be stopped. You know that it can be because oh, Trump yeah. Trump had it under control. They don't want to stop it. And I don't know why. It's Victor Avila, Victor Avila for Congress.com. Also, he's got a book called uh, Agent Under Fire. Go and get that as well. Um, 6.3 million, Victor, since uh, Biden took office that we know of that weren't uh, counted legal because, again, we're changing how we're doing it. NGOs, non-governmental organizations are doing this in the name of our government, which I, I don't think is legal, by the way. And a lot of these people that are, that are uh, claiming asylum 80 to 90% are going to be turned away. But they already have work authorization, as you said. So we've got millions and millions of people that are working jobs in America, that Americans should be working, that are being allowed to come in here. And we aren't even to May 11th yet. How bad do you think it'll happen next week? It's, is it going to go nuts? It's going to go nuts. And the, the, what they're going to try to do is contain the people, issue them numbers, and they're going to be called according to those numbers as they come in in groups of two to 300. And another part of it is USCIS. The ones that do the asylum claims, the one that you would actually, if you had a legitimate case, would go to an asylum officer and right. do it. We have a real process. All of that is just ignored because you just can't handle when there's 30,000 people trying to do the same thing. And you're absolutely right. 90% plus of these people do not qualify for asylum. 
they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna spread like a wildfire this credible fear they have to claim that because if they're not being persecuted by their government they're not being persecuted because of their po political beliefs most of them are not and so now they're going to have to uh, claim some kind of credible fear. Well, how do we check that? How do we vet that? It takes time. Each individual is going to have to say, well, I can't go back to Mexico or X country because I fear this. And then how do we, how do we vet that? It takes a lot of time. And so uh, it's going to be chaotic. They're going to still go through the system. And on top of everything that I just said, catch and release is still in effect they're still going to make their way into the country. I heard a number the other day, and it's Victor Avila, I heard a number the other day, Victor, that uh, that Border Patrol or uh, DHS doesn't know where 85,000 kids are who came here from. Again, you and I have talked about this. It's a humanitarian problem for those who are coming here, too. They're lied to by the cartels. They're, they're lied to by those who want an open border here. You've got little girls, little boys, women raped on the way here. Um, and then many of them are indentured servants, basically slaves, once they get here. And they can never pay off their their fare to get here. But they, for some reason, don't know where 85,000 kids are. How's, how's that possible when Trump was in trouble for, for not reuniting 500 kids with their parents who broke the law? Um, 85,000 are missing. Nobody says anything. I've witnessed it firsthand, Joe. I've flown with them on the airplanes with this child, with an adult that is not their father, that is not their next of kin. And no one seems to question it. I'm over here, you know, I'm going through all these emotions. I'm angry. What the heck? These kids going to Miami, they're going all over the place. Well, you said the number and nobody knows where they're at. Who are these sponsors? Nobody checked. No ICRO didn't go and knock on their door to see who the sponsor was. And it is child trafficking. It's a facilitation of this government of aiding and abetting child trafficking and human trafficking. And you're absolutely right. The cartels have moved the smuggling into trafficking. And I talked to a Nicaraguan national, 23-year-old kid. Seemed to be a nice kid. He was going to Minneapolis. He owes the cartel $8,500 that they charge him, and he has to pay back $1,000 a month with a $300 penalty if he's late. Wow. And if he doesn't pay, they will kill his parents and take his house. And I told him, what are you going to do in Minneapolis? How are you going to get the $1,000? Whatever the cartel asks them to do. They'll tell him, enroll into the local community college so you could start selling meth and fentanyl. Even though the kid's not a criminal, even though he might be a good kid, he's going to protect his family and his parents. So they'll have all these people that you think, well, they're not, they're good people. They just came to work. Well, they have a debt now and they're slaves to the cartel. And of course the women is mostly sexual exploitation and the kids, but I want to finish with this. I'm a big believer in and, and want to protect the victims, the United States victims at the hands of illegal aliens. But you're also right. The, the illegals themselves are victims. Look at the guy in Cleveland, Texas. Right. I mean, he, who did he kill? His own people. Right. And, and this is the problem that we have is you secure the border, you save lives. You will prevent rapes. You will prevent assaults, extortions, and, and all that. So saving the border and, and securing the border is the humanitarian thing to do. And what we heard about that case was it wasn't the, the, the illegals that were killed. It wasn't the illegal that killed them. It was the AR-15. AR the AR-15 did it. That's the problem. If we just didn't have AR-15s, everybody would have been fine. Well, if they weren't here illegally, if this guy wasn't let back in four different times, then they would be alive as well. So we've got to change our mentality on this. It's Victor Avila wants to go to Congress. It's Victor Avila for Congress.com. Let me ask you one last question, Victor. Should you get into Congress? What, what needs to happen? Because oh, the, re, the Republicans have it now. They can, they can yeah. impeach Mayorkas now. They can force the, the, the administration's hand to actually follow the law that was passed by Congress in the 80s when it comes to immigration. They're just ignoring the law. What should happen? Well, first of all, you would have somebody in Congress that would do one thing is put the people first and give the power back to the people. You would have a border security expert that 
can got, cannot be BSed by whoever's there at whatever committee and, and tell them the realities of what's happening. And it seems, uh, uh, and, and the, you know, I'm running against my opponent because he has been challenging. There's a really good bill out there that Chip Roy put out there, and he doesn't want to really support it. He put in some other stuff to water it down. It might kicked out. And, and why, why are we hesitating when it comes to border security? The people ask for the representative to be representing of the, of the community, right. especially District 23 that runs from San Antonio to El Paso. This is ground zero for crying out loud. So you will get uh, someone that's going to be a voice for the people. It's uh, Victor Avila. You can go and find out more about it at VictorAviloSpeaks.com or VictorAviloForCongress.com. Get his book, Agent Under Fire. Victor, always incredible information. You did not send me those last videos. Send me what you have, and I'll show that to the okay. people as well. Thank you, I will. All right, brother, I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Great to have Victor Avila on. He's one of the guys who has his eyes focused on what's happening at the border and great updates from him for sure. We'll have him on again. Megan Kelly next hour. Make sure you stick around. Let me tell you about uh, Cozy Earth. With Mother's Day on the way, moms deserve the very best, including the best night's sleep. So this Mother's Day, which is coming up, I believe, the 14th. So you got to get on this right now. Get at the brand that has thousands of five-star reviews on their website. Talk about Cozy Earth Bedding, the softest, most luxurious, and ethically sourced bedding on the planet. No bedding I've ever owned even comes close to the comfort, softness, and, and listen, I'm sleeping better because my temperature is regulated better. I like it to be cooler when I'm sleeping, and this really helps out. Cozy Earth Bedding is made with premium viscose from highly sustainable bamboo that makes their sheets remarkably soft, and as I said, the temperature is going to be better regulated, so you're going to sleep more comfortably year-round. Whether it's their luxury bedding, now in four different colors, comfy loungewear, soft pajamas, or premium bath towels, make Mother's Day extra special at Cozy Earth. All Cozy Earth products, by the way, are backed by the 100-night trial, and save right now up to 35% at Cozy Earth. CozyEarth.com. Enter PAGS at the checkout. Save that money. CozyEarth.com. Promo code is PAGS. Much more to come. Keep it here. You're listening to Joe PAGS.